speaking of dogs, my kids recently got to have a little visit with a Belgian Malinois they had not seen in over a year. Technically, Sugarlump had seen him once briefly, but this was a longer visit and they got to play. Roscoe once belonged to my pops, but now sniffs out explosives and bites perps for law enforcement in Rankin County, Mississippi. The speed and the power of this dog, a marvel. My dad said, you know what? I think if you hitched this dog to a truck and put it in neutral, he could pull it up the driveway. His current owner, Chris, said, oh, there's no doubt. I have no doubt myself as one who has attempted to wrestle a toy away from Roscoe. Uh, there's no letting go. On this little visit day, Chris would throw a toy, a weighted ball attached to a short rope, as far as he could, and Roscoe would take off like a missile and retrieve it to the delight of my babies. Briefly turning into the Looney Tunes Tasmanian Devil, slamming on the brakes and changing direction to head back toward us. While Sugarlump and my partner played with this beast, Chris told us about a drug bust Roscoe's half-brother helped with a couple nights before. A man was stopped crossing into the county with an out-of-state tag. When he was pulled over for a traffic violation, cops discovered some 75 pounds of cocaine riding with him. And as it turns out, this was the second time this guy had gotten caught this way and had already spent years in the pen. Now, Chris said, this guy will likely spend the rest of his life in prison. My dad, Joe Ussery, replied, that's really just a shame. I know my dad and I know what he was thinking, that this man was probably a capable individual in terms of physical health and intelligence but based on his circumstances had chosen to go a certain route in his life and now had to say goodbye to any opportunity he may have had to turn things around. I too was thinking, what a shame, but for a very different reason. All I could think was that while this man was going to be locked up for at least 40 years for transporting, possibly dealing drugs, a man named Oscar Kearns, convicted of kidnapping and two rapes, is soon to be released from parchment after serving 20 years. That, to coin a phrase, just ain't right. I would suggest that something is wrong with the system when handling illegal material and enabling others to participate in an illegal act can be taken more seriously than invading and devastating another person's life completely against his or her will. If you've listened to the original 13 series we did in affiliation with WTVA in Tupelo, and by the way, if you did not, I recommend stopping this podcast episode now, finding that series, listening to it, then returning here. You know that I reached a conclusion about Oscar Mike Kearns. When I realized not only did Kearns attend church and interact with Leochi before her disappearance, he also worked alongside Jennifer Jackson Floyd, who vanished in 1988, and this guy was later convicted of kidnapping and rape, that pretty well sealed the deal for me. Afterward, I heard from people who said, well, yeah, of course, it's got to be him. 
I heard from others who said, look, I get it, but what about all this stuff regarding the mother, Vicky? We brought my partner on the project, Lauren Ochi, Lee's half-sister, to North Mississippi to question police directly. If you missed the broadcast special documenting all that, I'm going to see about uploading that to YouTube for you guys. Tupelo PD was completely unwilling to speak with Lauren. They shut us down. A skeptic's response to that would be, they've bungled this Ochi case so badly, they want to hide that and give the appearance of having it all figured out. Like they just don't want to give away any secrets they're keeping. Of course, if you were giving them the benefit of the doubt, you might look at it as legitimately wanting to protect a possible conviction down the line, avoiding direct discussion with a family member at this point. In any case, they closed the door on Lauren Ochi. However, the Lee County Sheriff was willing to talk. And knowing he was not sheriff back in 1992, I had expected his interview to consist of him clarifying what determining factors make a case one for the police department versus one for the sheriff's department. As it turns out, Sheriff Jim Johnson has always taken a special interest in the case. He has an investigator in his ranks who wants nothing more than to get justice for Lee Ochi. But it is, in fact, a case that belongs to TPD. And Jim's office needs to have a favorable, easy communication and workflow with Police Chief Bartagiri and his crew. Although he can snatch the case away from them, he does not do so in the interest of the greater good. Frankly, I can understand that. Is getting answers in one cold case worth jeopardizing progress on hundreds or thousands of others? I guess not. Lauren was allowed to meet with Jim's investigator and view and discuss evidence she had not seen before. And when all was said and done, that original podcast series, the TV special, Lauren's visit, I really had time to reflect on all the interviews and info we had collected. Kearns, not Vicky, Kearns. Should I be so confident in that? One particular snippet of conversation popped back into my mind, and I couldn't seem to dispose of it. Remember Annabeth, who spoke about Lee's being bullied in elementary school, and about stepfather Barney Yarborough's weird behavior? I recalled that she'd said something in our interview, which I'd immediately discarded, never even considered using because it sounded like ridiculous conspiracy theory stuff, like just reaching. When I asked her about Vicky and about Kearns, pointing out that they both seem to be such strong, undeniable candidates, and how one is to reconcile that fact, she said, well, who's to say they didn't have something going on with each other? It's a small town, I'm just saying. Why did I think that was so silly? It is a relatively small town. Now, I need to let you know that I am no longer co-producing with Lauren Ochi. The reason you're listening to this prologue rather than a complete episode one is because I had to scrap my planned episode one due to a dispute with Lauren. But I think I could speak for us both and say that there are no hard feelings. We just decided it was time to part ways. 
As a friend pointed out to me yesterday, I've never really played well with others. Having said that, it's likely you will hear from Lauren again in this new podcast series. She is, after all, part of the story. Look, in 13-2, I'm going to take you down some rabbit holes and into some dark places that may or may not seem relevant. But I want you to stay with me because there is a goal, one goal in mind. And I can tell you that as a result of the work provided by an incredible investigator, 13-2 will feature information and access to key players I myself have only wished for in the past. Like a well-trained Belgian Malinois. There's no letting go. Episode 1 will drop on Saturday, February 23rd. If you haven't already subscribed to this podcast feed, please do so now so you can be notified. Until then, I'm Jason Lee Usry. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon.